0: The reading is from Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Edisones. When he got on the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him, and he had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain, because he had been often bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart. And the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, it was screaming among the tombs and mounds and dashing itself with stones. Jesus, seeing him from a distance, he ran up and bowed before him and shouting with a loud voice, said, What business do you we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you, my God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, "Come out of the man! Uh, come out of the man, you unclean spirit!" And he was asking him, "What is your name?" And he said, to him, "My name is Legion, for we are many." And he began to implore him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now there was herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, Send us into the swine, so we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. The herdsmen ran away and reported to the city and in the country, and the people came to see what would have happened. came to Jesus Jesus and observed the man who had been demon possessed sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind. The very man who had had the legion. And they became frightened. Those who had seen it described to them how it had happened to the demon possessed man and all about the swine. And they began to implore him to leave their region He was getting into the boat, and with the demon possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him, and he did not let him, but he said to him, Go over your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you. Now he had mercy on you.
1: Let's pray. Let's pray. God, we may not know all the ways that you work and all the ways that you've brought us here, but in this place at this time. We pray that you will speak to our hearts and minds, that you will guide and direct our, our thoughts and our inspirations, that we may experience you here And take that experience out with us into the rest of our lives to serve you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our story today from uh, Mark chapter 5 follows shortly on the heels of our lesson from last week. Last week we had this passage from chapter 4 that was Jesus teaching in parables, and specifically the parable of the sower. But something happened in between those two that's important and significant. The calming of the storm. At the end of the passage last week, Jesus was teaching from the boat because the crowd was pushing in on him. And so he said, let's go across to the other side. And while they were going, there was a great storm. And Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. And when the disciples woke him up, he said, be still. And the water and the wind calm." And then they find themselves on the other side. They arrive in the land of the Gerasians. Very specifically, this is not the Holy Land. This is the unholy land. The land of the Gerasians, the place of the Decapolis. Decapolis means ten cities. It's not a place, it's a region. We'll come back to that a little later at the end. This is absolutely a Gentile place. It is the land of the other. And it's in this land of the other where Jesus encounters this man possessed by demons. And he casts them out. The man has a legion of demons in him, apparently. And and so, I'm not going to spend too much time. There's all kinds of things that, like, blow up into, like, Hollywood versions of demon possession and The Exorcist and there's even a movie starring Keanu Reeves called Legion and it's entirely about like everything our imagination would make up about demons and demon possession we don't know what cosmology this represents or how to understand that the demons wanted to go into the pigs we have to take the story at face value and not take it where it doesn't go not read too much into it the, the reality of the demons, the reality of the pigs, the experience with the Gentile people in the land of Gerasia, and also the man possessed by demons. These are the important parts of the story. The uh, swineherds are the first uh, to tell others about Jesus in the story of Mark's gospel, but they are anti-evangelists. Because Jesus cast the demon out of the man, it go, goes in. The demons go into the pigs. This is the pigs run into the water and drown. And there's this great catastrophic loss for the swineherds. Those tending the pigs ran into town and told people what had happened, and they all came out to see for themselves. And their reaction was rejection. Their reaction was to ask Jesus to leave. And it's hard to say whether their reaction was to seeing what the swineherds had said was true or seeing the man who they had always known as possessed by demons clothed and in his right mind. Because that's what makes them afraid in the story. We would hope, we would hope, Especially as we're reading the story with our modern sensibilities, we would hope that they would come rushing out from the city and say, Bob! Wow, look at you! You look great! Are you okay? You're better. Hey, come, tell me all about it. No, instead they see him and go "Ah, leave. Please go away. even to the point where they don't say Bob, they don't say anyone's name, the man previously possessed by demons. In the translation that's in your bulletin, the demoniac, it's the only name we get for this guy. Because he's named by his illness. And even in wellness, he's still ain't named by his former illness. Because that change terrifies us. That kind of miraculous fixing of what's broken scares us. We, uh, the man at the end of the story says, please can I come with you? I want to follow. This is what Jesus asked for from all of his disciples. The desire to follow and the knowledge of what it means when Jesus heals and saves. But here, Jesus says, no, no, go back to your home and tell about all the great things God has done for you. There are two things I want you to take away from this reading today. And the first, the first is this, and this first one, well, you might not like either one of the things I want you to take away and struggle with this week, because I'm asking you to struggle. I'm asking you to deal with things that are uncomfortable. And the first is this. If we do not hear the message of Jesus and scripture as being a political message, then we are purposely ignoring most of what the Bible has to say to us. It is not a political message when the Bible and Jesus tells us to care for the poor, to welcome the stranger and the foreigner and the refugee, These are biblical mandates. These are not political statements. These are the way in which Jesus engaged in the world, and we are called to do the same. It is not politics to say, go and welcome the asylum seeker. It's a biblical mandate. This is a political message, and it always has been. And we may miss some of the undertones that make it so emphatically political in this story because... We don't know the context that Jesus is in and the telling of this story specifically, but Mark tells of this story and puts it in perspective in, in ways that I think we need, I need to highlight. So, for example, the, the, tr- the word that's translated in, in your bulletin as country, when the d- demons say, please don't chase us out of this country, most other English translations use the word region, which is a very official term. It's a very much a Roman word. Please don't chase us out of this region. And in case we didn't get the Roman language in that, when Jesus asks him, what's your name, he uses an absolute Roman word. My name is Legion, for we are many. Legion is a Roman military word, period. It always was, and it has been since then. It has that origin, and that's what it meant. And just in case we didn't get that that's what Jesus is doing battle with, when he casts them and allows them to go into the pigs and they run into the sea, there's something powerfully symbolic about that politically in the land of Gerasia. Because the Roman legion of military guards that were in charge of that region had the crest of a boar on their shield. This is absolutely a political message. And it's about Jesus doing what Jesus does to care for those who are cast down, those who are the least. That's the first thing I want you to do. Struggle with how the message of Scripture this week is, is just as applicable in our political dialogue. It's not a political statement, it's a biblical mandate. To turn it into a political statement is to use it for our own purposes. God tells us to care for those in need and those in most need. That's the first thing. Second thing is this. We can't dismiss the whole demon thing. Right? In our modern enlightened reality, we like to say, oh, well, demons, that was just because they were so ignorant. They didn't understand medicine or psychology or things like that. So, you know, demon possession isn't a real thing. Yes, it is. For us to dismiss what the Gospels have to say about the devil and demons is to dismiss a large witness of Scripture. Each of the Gospel books by themselves use the word devil or demons more times than the word angel appears in the entire New Testament. Demons are real in the biblical witness, and they are real in our lives too. Now, That doesn't mean that there aren't some things now that we understand in a different way that they just categorize as demons, mental illness and those kinds of things. We understand those better but that doesn't do away with the whole understanding that there is something spiritual going on in all of our lives in in our lives, in our community, in the world around us. There is good and evil in our world and we need to hear that from scripture and and wrestle with the reality that there are those among us who are possessed by demons. We may be possessed by demons. A uh, quote that comes from uh, Quaker writing and uh, French uh, philosophy and spiritual writing from the 1800s Um, has been used and appropriated in various ways since then. But one one of those quotes is, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to convince us that he doesn't exist. In our modern enlightened arrogance, we think we know better than this old book, but we don't. There are still those spiritual things that are fighting in our lives and in the world around us. We need to take seriously those things that possess us. Those things that seek to control us, those things that actually do control us. Here's an example. I'm going to take an aside just for a minute. Brief commercial. Three weeks from now, we will be hosting here the Synod uh, Conference gathering for the for the two conferences that are in Tucson, Santa Cruz Conference, and the um, Sunrise Conference. Uh, So this is a lay gathering, not just a clergy gathering. So. Lay leaders and clergy from around our region are going to gather here for our spring retreat. And the bishop would like to have that time be a time where we work on what the future of the church is. And there's a book that we're going to use to guide our time. The, the book is called Canoeing the Mountains. Uh, it's written by Todd Bolsinger, who's a faculty member at Fuller uh, Seminary in L.A. He was the speaker at our, the pastor's fall gathering in October. The, the Canoeing the Mountains, the subtitle for that book is Christian Leadership in Uncharted Territory. Very much the book is about what we do as the church moving forward into the future. In part of his book and in his presentation to the pastors of the Synod in October, he, he included this uh, summary of a medical survey that was done, um, a medical study that was done about uh, three and a half years ago He said this, the study revealed that more than 90% of the people who encounter a diagnosis from their doctor, where the doctor's diagnosis says, this is killing you, stop doing this and you will get better and live longer, 90% of the people that get that diagnosis, no matter what it is, don't quit whatever it is that's killing them. that's who we are that's how we are as people we tend towards those things that destroy us how is that not demon possession how is that not an example of the way in which we choose what we want instead of what god wants we choose what is less healthy for us even when we know it's killing us We still don't give it up. In the next few moments, we're going to pray something together. Today we're going to sing it. It's part of the Lord's Prayer. We're going to pray, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the prayer that addresses that. And when we say these words, I hope you will not just... You know, put them in the category of, yo, oh yeah, that 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 evil that's uh, you know, foreign wars overseas or something that doesn't really affect me. Or or maybe just a concept of evil. But I also don't want you to make it the boogeyman. You know, that everything is a battle of good and evil. Somewhere in the middle there, there's the range of when we pray this, when we say, and deliver us from evil, this is what we're praying about. We're praying about those things, those those addictions, those habits, the things that we, we, we gently call habits. You know they're addictions. Those ways of seeing the world that we find comfort in, but we know in our heart of hearts they're wrong. These are the things that we are praying when we say Our Father or Mighty Lord. When we pray, we are praying for deliverance from these things I want you to see your faith and the mandate from scripture as entirely applicable in our political discourse that's thing number one thing number two is I want you to this week walk away with this story and wrestle with the things in your life that are demon possession that we need to be saved from when we pray our father Our Father, who art in heaven, deliver us from evil. Our prayers to God, no matter what they are, are that prayer for deliverance. And God hears us. And God saves us. Amen.